Welcome to Barbecue Radio Network, America's premier barbecue radio show. Join your hosts, David Caius and Andy Groneman, as they sink their teeth into the finest grilling, smoking, and barbecue from coast to coast with the industry's leading pitmasters. Stay tuned for great tips, techniques, and products that will enhance your backyard experience by being a part of the Barbecue Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to Barbecue Radio Network. I'm your host, Dave Caius, along with our executive producer, T-Bone, and my co-host, he has two times won the U.S. National Brisket Championship. Two times. Two times titles at the chest to chest, that'd be two chests, invitational, none other than pitmaster of Smoke on Wheels, the shortest man in introduction of barbecue history, Andy Groneman. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is true. I am the shortest just, just, Man. just to get myself out of radio jail, uh, T-Bone has written these introductions. I just want you to know. Well, I, I was I just wondering, did so did you win these again, Andy? Because this is the same thing you said three weeks ago, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Oh, three okay. weeks ago. <laughs> I rotate his introductions, okay? Oh, a little secret into the Behind backstage. the scenes of, of radio. <laughs> At about three in the morning, I go, oh, I guess I'll do a different one as I'm figuring the show out. So we've got- and I'm still short. <laughs> At the end of the day, the, the only thing you need to take away from that is I'm short. Oh, there's your introduction. Andy Groneman, not the tallest man in barbecue. That's right. Tim Shear, we yes. had the tallest man on. That's right. Is there? A, I should ask, this is really insulting. Is there anybody shorter than you in barbecue? There's a couple of there's them. Couple. I'm not going to call out any names. Oh, I almost did. Thank you. Thank you for- <laughs> Actually, I was going to say there's a couple of, uh, of the barbecuer's children that are shorter, but other than that- Yeah, well. <laughs> I have never done a short You're taking this you. show to new heights, <laughs> Dave. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Andy, I love you, and I wish I could be half as successful as you are, and that is not a joke. So- uh, we're going to have on, we're very excited about this guest, Christy Vanover. She's the pitmaster and owner of a name that I do love, Girls Can Grill. And she's the 21 and 2022 California State Barbecue Grand Champion, also the 2022 Nevada State Barbecue Champion. And check out her website, which is girlscangrill.com. That's girlscangrill.com. Also coming up in future shows, in fact, next week, we're going to have Aaron Stoffer here and Jess Piles is lined up for a future show. But in the meantime, Andy, uh, oh, speaking of Andy, you're also going to be talking about jerk chicken. Yes. Later in the show today. Yeah, we're going to cover off how, how to make good, you know, actual jerk chicken how, how to deal with chickens that are jerks <laughs> how to give them an attitude adjustment how about that well actually you can just talk about you two dealing with me and then that way would sum it all up oh same thing okay. same thing same thing and and really i'm pretty much chicken that would everything. be a jerk's chicken <laughs> you know, jerk. that chicken's not chicken. gonna cook itself because that would mean we'd have to ignore it <laughs> you know i didn't think you guys would jump on that one but yeah thanks for doing that so here's the deal so I'm reading an article. We, we, we talk about every once in a while, unfortunately, the high price of groceries. I know myself, a single guy going by myself, seemed like it used to be $30. So sad. So sad. By the way, people were making fun of me over Labor Day weekend because it's like, what are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> Watching TV with the cats, college football. So I was reading this article about this family and they were spending $200 a week on groceries. It's a man, a wife, two kids over in the St. Louis area. And he's just like, this is getting ridiculous. So they had a great idea, which is a great idea. Now, the initial cost was about $2,000, which 
part of that $2,000 is a $700 freezer, but now they are buying all of their meats in bulk. So they've got, uh, let, let me look here. They've got an entire pig. They've got um, big batches of uh, a half a cow, sausage, ribeye steaks, ground beef, Soup bones in the basement. And my favorite part, <laughs> soup bones, bones in, in the, the basement. basement. That's what it says. I'm just reading the article. Uh, you know, look, if you go down in the basement <laughs> and you find bones, <laughs> do not assume they are soup bones. Get out of there. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite part of this article is they spent, they had 320 pounds of bacon. So at least... It was well spent, but now their grocery bills have gone from $200 a week down to $125 a week. Uh, now, Andy, you do a lot of grilling and, and smoking at home. Do you buy in bulk like that for home? You know, I usually, I've got a couple of different methods. Sometimes I will buy in bulk like that, but usually what I'll do is I will go hit the meat case and look for the manager special sticker mm. so that, you know, you can grab those chops or that right. chicken breast or whatever that's on its last day before sale. The best stuff to do that with is beef because it's actually still aging. So it has a sell-by date and a use-by date, and the sell-by date's what they're trying to get it out the door, right? So I always wait until I see them you know, drop a buck or Well, two and I've pound. talked about this several times. I've gotten some great deal on T-Bone Steak. Speaking of T-Bone, yeah. look, he looked up. You say his name. It's like a dog. And, <laughs> uh, but I've it's got, the only way to go. <laughs> but I mean, I have gotten like 11 and $12 T-Bone Steaks lately that were good size and delicious. And like you say, they were kind when of- When we had the kids at home and then all their friends were over, buying in bulk made sense. Yes. Now that we have occasional utes in the home <laughs> and just- you know, Kim and I, it's buying in bulk doesn't make as much sense because we end up throwing stuff away. So, yeah, you get it cheaper, but if you throw a third of it away because it goes bad. Well, and I think this was such a good idea by this family because they still get to eat all the things they want to eat, but by doing it in bulk. Now, initially, you know, that first payment of, oh, man, but then all of a sudden, six months later, you still have that, and, yep. and it's a great deal for them. Did you so, say that initial investment was 2000 They said 2000 so they must have spent $1,300 that's, that's in meat. That's not so bad. No, and $700 on the freezer, and that more than pays for itself. So, uh, yeah, just an idea for everybody because, yeah, yeah things are tough, and, and I notice it in my little world. Yeah, it's not like the prices are going to go down. No, no, they might even out, hopefully, but, uh, yeah, definitely not going down. So, time now for our Ask Andy segment, sponsored by our September Barbecue Sauce of the Month. Delicious smoke on wheels, pork marinade, and injection. And uh, you can get this award-winning barbecue sauce at All Things Barbecue and just check out their website for all kinds of great products, atbbq.com. T-Bone, what do you got for us this week? I got a question from James Arwin out of Dallas. Andy, Dallas, yes. and Andy and Dave, well, <laughs> James, if you're counting on Dave having anything to first of all offer. i say we let dave answer first all right first okay. of all first of all james thank you for including me because i yeah. never get included so i really appreciate that. that that's a good point andy uh james wants to hear from you dave no he doesn't sure <laughs> that's what i was trying to explain uh, <laughs> we'll just prove it but let me see should the meat be at a certain temperature before putting it on the grill or in the smoker what is your regiment for preparing the meat for the cook well, I've heard that uh, two different things, and yes, this is not the exact barbecue expert answer, but yes, to let it sit on the counter 
to get down to possibly a near room temperature. Um, but then I've heard other people say it's not a big deal to put it on there. With my steaks, what I do is I take it out and prepare it, put the rub on it and everything, and let it sit there and get about room temperature before I put it on the grill. Andy, did I do okay or... I would say it depends on the cut. <laughs> well, you of tried meat. to cover all bases. Yep. It depends on the cut of meat that you're going to use. So, obviously, you know, chicken, I would go, you know, mm. if, even if you're marinating or anything, you don't need to let that sit on yeah, the counter for point. very long. Good point. So, I would leave that uh, in the fridge, bring it out, season it, and, you know, maybe the five or 10 minutes while the grill's finishing getting ready. Right. A steak, if it's a big, thick steak, I would go ahead and let that kind of start to rest on the counter. Yeah, kind of what is, I was saying. Kind of what I was saying. If it's not, <laughs> if it's a, if it's a thinner cut though, colder will help keep that temperature down while you sear the outside. Mm. So a thin steak, I usually like to keep cold so that I don't overcook the middle while I'm getting my sear on. Which is what I did not say. So there you have it. <laughs> Oops, forgot about that. <laughs> that. That thank you so much. But that's because Dave only cooks at least two inch thick T bones. That's right. Well, oh yeah. Whatever yeah. says sale on it is what yeah. Dave cooks. Uh, I want to thank my new best friend James out of Dallas for providing with the question and including me. First time my name got included on. Really anything, anything around here. Yeah. <laughs> and again, uh, we're going to send you some uh, some of our barbecue sauce from Smoke on Wheels that you can get at atbbq.com. Coming up, very excited, we got Christy Vanover from Girls Can Grill coming up next on Barbecue Radio Network. You love food, and when you love food, you love finding new flavors to explore, new techniques to try, and seeing the look of your friends' and family's faces when they bite into it. Old Hickory Pit Smokers is the secret ingredient to making restaurant-quality barbecue right in your own backyard. Old Hickory Pit Smokers are made in the USA. Visit us at oldhickorypits.com or call us toll-free, 800-223-9667. And welcome back to Barbecue Radio Network. Dave Caius, along with Pitmaster of Smoke on Wheels, Annie Groneman, and our guest this week, she is the Pitmaster and owner of Girls Can Grill, the 2021 and 2022 California State Barbecue Grand Champion, the 2022 Nevada State Barbecue Champion. I will not hold this against her, but she attended Kansas State University, and she has a wonderful website that you need to check out, girlscangrill.com. It's Christy Vanover. Christy, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, guys. Happy to be here. As, All right. You know, speaking of football in Kansas State, I believe this weekend they're playing Missouri, which is a big deal because uh, yeah. they're different conferences now because, well, I don't want to say anything bad about Missouri because I'll get in trouble. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, we, you know, we were talking about different topics to talk about and, and you and T-Bone have been conversing and this is the perfect time to talk about doing some tailgating. And I understand you have three tailgating tips, I'm sure more, but definitely three. Um, go ahead and just get a start on that. And once again, I want to remind everybody of your website, which is you can sign up for the newsletter, which is girlscangrill.com. Christy, let's, let's start talking about tailgating. I'll let Andy jump in after this. <laughs> Yeah, sure. So yeah, definitely when I lived in Manhattan, Kansas, tailgating was epic. We definitely knew how to have a good time out there. And so three of my just real quick rules to tailgating is feed them fast, 
keep the food coming and think outside the box. Mm. So we can step down on all of those if you want to. So like feed them fast. Basically when you get there, you know, you got to get your spot, you got to get all set up, but people, as soon as they've got their chairs out, they're going to be ready to be eating. So make sure that you've got some food already prepped or do something really quick, get the grill fired up, have a propane gas grill, maybe handy because those will, you know, cook up real quick. And you can do like a cheese dip really quickly on the grill. That's one of the quickest things. Grab a bag of tortilla chips, something, you know, hot and ready. Or if you're tailgating early in the morning, like I like to, you know, you can whip up some burritos on a griddle or something, but definitely plan on having food immediately because people are going to start drinking immediately. So it's (laughs) good to get some food in their stomachs. (laughs) What's one of the good things to bring kind of pre-made and ready to go so you can get that out in front of folks while you're getting the grill fired up? Yeah, I mean, you know, you can obviously do the the standard chips and salsa and guacamole and all that kind of stuff, but you can actually pre-make breakfast burritos. You could pre-roll them and then have a griddle ready and then throw them on the griddle to just get them warmed up and get them, you know, those tortilla crusts nice and crispy, you know, things like that, that you can just kind of heat on the griddle or heat in a gas grill, like I said, um, over indirect heat. Um, some of those things you can just get warmed up right away would be good. Awesome. So, so next one is... What, what was it coming? Keep, keep uh, but, it coming. Yeah, keep, keep the food coming. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely. So, so for my arsenal of tailgating, I do like to have a couple different cook, cook tops. So I like to have the griddle going. I like to have a propane uh, gas grill so that I can have just again, I, you get the heat really fast. But then I also definitely like to have my charcoal grill because when it's time for hamburgers or steaks, you just want that charcoal flavor. But you want to set up your grill station so that you've got an indirect heat source and a direct heat source. And what I mean by that is that you've got an area where you've got hot coals or the hot burners on on the propane. So you can be cooking, but you also want an area where you can kind of hold food. So if you have cooked up some hot dogs or brats or other things and you want to have the brats soaking in a pan of onions and beer, you know, you can set that over the indirect heat and it'll keep them warm. So that keeps the food coming. So, you know, after everybody's kind of snacked, they're going to want to take a break. They're going to want to watch some of the game once it gets started, but then they're going to, all of a sudden there's going to be a spurt where they're going to be hungry again. So if you've got that food kind of already cooked and heated in on standby, you're going to keep people happy. If you're running a charcoal grill and a gas grill, both, what is the best way to kind of manage that charcoal fire once you're once it's time to go into the game once you're ready to kind of head in and and go do that what's give give us a couple of good tips on how to properly manage that uh so you you're uh, taking care of that fire while you're gone yeah, so definitely if you are if you do plan to leave, you want to be sure to shut down your vents. You never do want to leave your charcoal, you know, unattended or anything like that. So I recommend shutting down all the vents and, and coming back to it and relighting it. You can relight the same coals. If you shut the oxygen off, you can just throw another fire starter in there and they'll actually start pretty fast because they're not going to be all the way cooled down. Um, but a lot of times people tailgate too where they even don't even go inside the game. Someone stays behind <laughs> and they just drink in the parking lot all day. That's so, true. That's so true. if you got one of those people, then they can they can watch it for you. And we're all staring at Dave for some reason. No, I don't know. Why. No. <laughs> but so thinking outside the box, that is really interesting to me. So, so give me the out of the box ideas. That's what. Yeah. So you can make it, you can make it fancy. You could do grilled lamb chops. Like everybody's mm. expecting to have burgers and, you know, burgers and hot dogs, maybe or brats or, or even steaks if, if your budget allows for it. And, and of course, wings and things like that. But if you want to do something a little bit different, think of like some grilled lamb chops. You could do a, a kale salad instead of maybe your traditional coleslaw, throw some mango in there. Um, and then if you do have a griddle out there, you can do all sorts of things with tacos and quesadillas and just not your traditional, you know, just hamburgers and hot dogs type of thing. So I love a good lamb chop. So what would you use 
to kind of prep that and, and get that ready for the grill? Do you have a, like a favorite marinade you use or some seasoning that is your favorite? And if you could walk our listeners through kind of what you're going to do with that lamb chop and, and how you're going to finish it, that would be great. Yeah, sure. So I, I do like to just slice them thin um, and they're they're great because it's meat on a stick. Anytime you can give someone meat <laughs> on a stick, everybody loves that. Yeah. Um, but, but my marinade does have include some shallots, which are just like small onions. If you can't find a shallot, you could just use like a red onion or a sweet onion. Um, some garlic. I like herbs. So fresh thyme goes really well with this. Um, you can also do, use rosemary or parsley um, and then olive oil. And then you want to have a little bit of acid in that marinade. So I like to use lemon juice as well as white wine vinegar. But if you prefer apple cider vinegar or anything else, that gives you a little bit of acid. So basically, you want a couple tablespoons of olive oil, um, a couple tablespoons of that acid, and then those fresh herbs, those aromatics like the shallots and garlic, and then some salt, pepper, and maybe a little bit of sugar too, or honey. And then I just like to marinate that for about 30 minutes. Um, you can actually do that part at home if you want, marinate it longer and have it in the cooler. So when it's time, you can just throw them straight on the grill. And they really only take about five minutes per side. You only have to cook them to a temperature of about 145 degrees. They can be medium rare. Um, grill them five minutes per side, and th- and they're, they're delicious. You can serve them with a nice creamy tzatziki sauce, which is um, basically greek yogurt lemon juice um you can throw some mint in there a little bit of cucumber that's a nice cooling sauce to go with them yeah you hit on both things i was going to ask which was how long you could marinate for because obviously if you over marinate that meat starts to break down and get a little bit of a funky texture so it's nice to know that you could actually throw that in in the morning and toss it in the cooler that's that's a huge time saver versus trying to put the marinade together on site in the lot yeah, definitely. And now I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it overnight. So I definitely would wait till that morning. Um, or worst case scenario, if you are concerned, maybe it's an evening game and, and you don't want to have it marinating all day long. You could bring the marinade in a plastic container or a zip top bag and just keep the meat separate. And then right when you get there, just shake it all up together and, and get it marinated for 30 minutes. Yep. And then you're using that, that direct grill for the cooking. So when you're giving them five yes. minutes aside, that's the direct heat, not your indirect. Now, is that, is that your, yep, is that exactly. your propane or is that your coal? You could do it on either. Either okay. way, you just want to have a hot grill. You know, you want it to be like 375, 400 degrees. So if you have a pellet grill, you know, you don't really have a high setting. So yeah, that 375, you know, even all the way up to 425 is is good. You want that high heat, high, hot heat. And I think the charcoal tastes better personally, but you could even <laughs> throw on a couple of, um, you know, a couple wood chips, like some apple or pecan wood chips would be nice with the with the lamb. So yeah. Well, Just again, outside the box, make it a little fancy. <laughs> absolutely. And we're talking with Christy Vanover from Girls Can Grill. And you can check out the uh, website and sign up for the newsletter and purchase products at girlscangrill.com. Real quick, we just got a few seconds left. What's the most you've fed in a tailgate and what is the least you fed in a tailgate? Um, the least would probably be during COVID when it's just us, <laughs> just the family. <laughs> um, and gosh, I don't know the most. Um, maybe 30 or so, maybe. But it's also been tied into Thanksgiving. So then that maybe be like 60. Very <laughs> so. nice. Very nice. Again, <laughs> check out Christy's website, girlscangrill.com. We're coming back talking about brisket up next right here on Barbecue Radio Network. Barbecue Radio Network is heard on radio stations from Hawaii to Florida. If you have a business centered around barbecue or the backyard lifestyle, please consider advertising with us. Contact us through our Facebook page or website at bbqradionetwork.com.
Welcome back to Barbecue Radio Network. I'm Dave Kias, along with our producer, T-Bone, and my co-host, award-winning pitmaster, Andy Groneman. And this week, we're talking with Christy Vanover, pitmaster and owner of Grills Can Grill. And you can check out uh, her website, which is girlscangrill.com. Sign up for their newsletter. Uh, Christy, how much does the newsletter cost? It's free. Oh, the magic <laughs> word. The magic word. So be sure to go to girlscangrill.com. She's also the 2020 Nevada Barbecue Team of the Year, the 2021 and 2022 California State Barbecue Grand Champion, and living in Vegas, aren't you? Yes, I am. I've heard it's, it's a hot li- summer. I've heard it's a little warm there. Uh, before we yeah. talk about brisket, real quick, um, on your website, uh, it talks about you love to go RVing and glamping in America's yes. national parks. Now, when you go glamping, I assume at night you're out there grilling outside uh, in the wilderness, right? Yeah, so we we love. I used to be a park ranger for the National oh, Park wow. Service, so that's that's part of it all. But yeah, like we, we've been known to go to Death Valley for Thanksgiving, and we bring out the whole white tablecloth, the candelabras, <laughs> a bottle of wine. But we're cooking everything outdoors, cooking the whole birds, potatoes, everything all outside over open pits. So yeah, it's a fun I, time. I gave a tent living if you want to call it or going mm-hmm. going camping with a tent a long time ago so that's the only way i could do it if somebody's got a nice rv that glamping and uh if yeah. i and if, so and if, so if you're ahead. a park ranger what is your favorite national park oh good question oh that's a dangerous question to answer just because i love um. camping as well and, and we've done zion and we go to rock national yeah. forest and do but i i'd really be interested in that god they're all so beautiful in so many different ways. Um, and there's so many more I still haven't been to. Um, I, I do love Bryce. I do love Zion. I think I'm just, I'm in love with Southern Utah. I love the red rocks out there. Capitol reef. If you like fruit, cause you get to pick peaches at their orchard. There's just so many different places, but of course, then the, you know, the Yellowstone sea assemblies are, are amazing too, but there's, there's lots of little gems. I mean, even just going to the statue of Liberty, you know, that's within the national park system. And so there's, there's so many special places. I think we're up to like 420 or so now wow. national park wow. units. So yeah. Very nice. We appreciate that. So we're talking with Christy Vanover. You need to check out the website. And I love the name of your website, by the way, girls can grill.com. That's girls can grill.com. And while you're there, you sign up for the newsletter. You can also purchase uh, some apparel and you've got the rubs and, of course, get the recipes and barbecue tips. And speaking of barbecue tips, let's talk about and one of all of our favorite subjects is brisket. Kind of talk us through a brisket. Maybe start us with going to the butcher shop or the grocery store and what you like to pick out. Yeah, you bet. So when I when I started Girls Can Grill, I couldn't cook brisket. I just was not good. (laughs) You know, I I tried many and, and failed. And then I finally, I got the knack of it and I got it down and I I created a no fail kind of tip and hundreds of people have been on it and it's got more than, you know, it's close to five star reviews. But then I realized that I wrote that like back in 2016 or 2017. So just this year I've updated it. It's like 7,000 words of probably every question you could possibly think about when you want to buy a brisket or when you want to cook a brisket. And I try to answer everything through all the experiences that I've had to help you really, really succeed at cooking your first brisket or your 10th brisket, but just make it successful. Um, So to answer your question, the first thing that you want to think about is the cut of the quality of beef that you're going to get. So when you buy beef at the grocery store, there's multiple grades. There's choice grade. There is uh, prime grade. Or there's also, you'll see certified Angus beef or Wagyu, which are not grades, but they are, um, they're the breeds of the different cattle. So choice grade is going to have the least amount of marbling. And honestly, if you can, if your budget can allow you to buy a prime grade brisket, I would definitely recommend going with that. Brisket's such a hard meat to cook that it does really take some skill to get a choice brisket to be 
super juicy and super delicious. So if you can, if you can go with the prime brisket, I would go with that because that's going to give you more marbling, which will give you more fat, which will give you a little bit more forgiveness as you're doing the cook. Um, also consider what the weight of the brisket is going to be. So how many people do you want to feed? I usually go with one pound of raw meat per person. And I say raw meat because you're going to trim it down a little bit before you get it on the grill. Obviously, it's going to shrink a little bit as it cooks. Um, so in the end, you'll end up with about a half a pound of cooked meat per person. So think about that when you're looking at the size of the brisket that you're going to get. Um, and then just think about, you know, not if you if you are going to buy it frozen, which sometimes people do, make sure that you plan for some thaw time, just like when you buy your turkey that you give yourself, um, you know, some good thaw time before you get ready to get it all marinated and sliced up and, or, and seasoned up, excuse me. And I would definitely say that my recommendation is to inject it. So um, if you have an injector needle, you've probably seen them around Thanksgiving time when you buy your turkeys because people inject turkeys a lot with a marinade. Um, so I like to just use a simple injection of a beef consomme. It's just a can of Campbell's that you get in the soup aisle. Um, you can just inject your meat with that, your brisket with that, and then also put your seasoning on the night before. Now, and that's going to kind of help it rendered or brine up a little bit and get a little bit more flavor inside. So when you inject that consomme, are you doing it straight out of the can or are you doing the can instruction and, and adding some water to that first to thin that a little bit? I just do it straight out of the can. If I'm doing it for competition, I'll mix it up with a, a couple of other things like phosphates and, and some stuff like that that's really going to render down the meat. But just just straight out of the can is fine. You can also use beef broth. It doesn't have to be the consomme, but the broth is a little bit finer than the, than the consomme is. Um, but either one of those are going to just really kind of punch up the beefy flavor. And I know you mentioned when you get it at the grocery store, sometimes you get them frozen. If, if it wasn't frozen yet, um, how long do you typically age your briskets for? So it depends on how it's packaged. If it's completely vacuum sealed and cryovacked, I've been known to leave it in the refrigerator for a couple weeks, but that's because there's no oxygen that's going to get into that packaging because it's completely vacuum sealed. If it is, however, like on a, you know, on a, on a, whatever those styrofoam containers and then just wrapped with saran wrap, I wouldn't leave it in there for more than three to five days because it is, you are getting oxygen introduced to it. And so that can cause some bacteria growth. So if it's packaged like that, then I would get it on the smoker pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. So we're talking with Christy Vanover, uh, pitmaster and owner of Girls Can Grill. Uh, website is girlscangrill.com. And we're talking about brisket. So we get that brisket, you know, nice and, and trimmed out and seasoned up and and as you mentioned, when you're thinking about serving and you're, you're starting with that pound raw um, per person, you really are going to lose about half of the weight of that cut by the time you trim it and cook it. So, so that's a great uh, number to start with. So then how are we going to cook this thing? So there's a couple ways to cook it. So my no-fail recipe is cooking it at 225 degrees. And the reason that I put that out there as the no-fail recipe is because the majority of Americans are probably cooking choice or prime-grade briskets. And in my opinion, they cook better at a slow and low type of temperature. Um, again, it just allows them a little bit more forgiveness. So you would cook them over indirect heat. So if you have a pellet grill, that's automatically indirect and you would just punch that temperature to 225. If you're cooking with charcoal, um, it depends on your type of grill. If you've got like a big green egg Kamado style, you'll have a diffuser plate that will separate that direct heat from the charcoal. But if you just have a Weber kettle, just put your coals on one side of the grill and your brisket on the other side, and that'll give you that indirect setting. Um, if you are cooking something like a Wagyu brisket from like Snake River Farms, for example, or an A9 or something with a really, really rich amount of marbling, that's when you can go up to the hot and fast where you're cooking at 300 degrees, sometimes 325 degrees. Um, I have a recipe for that on my website too, if you want to try that method. So it really does, in my opinion, depend on the, the grade that you're, um, you're going to be cooking 
as to what temperature you want to cook at. Yeah, your your fat in the Wagyu brisket just melts at such a lower temperature. Uh, you don't need that time to break down as much as you do on with an Angus or uh, a, another cut, for sure. Yep. And, yep, exactly. and, and Krista, I hate to interrupt. We got about a minute and a half. So if you could kind right. of wrap this up, this has been fantastic. I, I love the wrap up because you got me right where I need to be. The Texas crutch. Yes. Yeah, so once you hit about that 160 mark, you've got some good bark on there. That's when you're going to wrap it. You can add a little bit more broth to that wrap if you want to. And then let it ride until when you put your thermometer into it, or if you don't have a thermometer, maybe a toothpick or something, you want it to be soft like butter. Like you're pushing a toothpick into a piece of butter. If your meat feels that soft, then it's going to be ready. Let it hold for at least an hour, maybe three, and then you can slice into it and it'll be delicious. Oh man, that that was just so nice. And the the one of the goals of the show is to educate, entertain, and to make people hungry. And the, <laughs> and you notice that she said, "Let it rest for that hour, maybe three. And that is really important because mm. uh, when you give it that rest period, you're allowing all of those juices to redistribute back throughout the meat. They move away from the heat source as the meat cooks. So that means and, to and the only- center. And not only that, people will not let me in the house when they are rusting their meat. Anyway, <laughs> we, we have been talking to Christy Vanover. Check out the website, girlscangrill.com. Sign up for the free newsletter. Purchase items there. Christy, thanks again. We're going to be back with Andy talking about some jerk chicken up next right here on Barbecue Radio Network. Check out Barbecue Radio Network on Facebook. Give us a like. Dave and Andy need the attention. Welcome back to Andy and Dave on the award-winning Barbecue Radio Network. And it was great having Christy on uh, girlscangrill.com talking tailgating. It's that time of the year. Pro football starting up this weekend. College was big last weekend. Oh, just cannot wait. You know, when she was talking about tailgating and, and, and you got into lamb and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. Uh, food, food on a stick. Made me remember. <laughs> all right. So there was a particular weekend a few years ago. When I lived on the West Coast, me and a buddy flew down to San Francisco. And what we did was Sunday at noon, the 49ers were playing the Saints. Okay. So we went to that game and we had to walk through the parking lot, right? So there's a lot of tailgating going Mm on. 49ers filled with charcuterie boards and (laughs) wine. Yes. Big wine glasses. Okay. The evening game. At seven was the Raiders. We went across the bay. Oh, my gosh. Uh, having the New York Jets there. And we walked through there. <laughs> uh, all I can say is the Mongol hordes got nothing <laughs> on these guys. I mean, you talk about open flame. Good golly. So I was like, you know, really, yeah, there's a huge range when it comes to tailgating. And most people are just, you know, they, they immediately think of what, what, They've experienced. Right. So like in Kansas City, tailgating means barbecue. Right. Period. And I, and I assume when you're walking through the Raiders parking lot, it's all red meat. <laughs> and we had, oh, a, yeah. we had a hot dog off at the uh, Chiefs-Giants game one year. Um, uh, my buddy Sean was in town from New York for the American Royal, which was uh, the following weekend. And we decided he'd never been to a Chiefs tailgate or a Chiefs game. And obviously uh-huh. being a barbecue guy... That's on the the bucket list of things to do. So we get uh, Chiefs tickets. We get set up with another buddy who does a weekly tailgate at the games that are seasonal. And 
they they always do a theme tailgate, right? So he's like, what should we do for a theme? We got New York in town. You know, he's coming to the tailgate. And we said, you know what? It can be a New York versus Kansas City food competition. And those guys are originally from Chicago. So they're like, we're going to do hot dogs. <laughs> and Sean said, and I'm going to do dirty water dogs from New York. So he brought with him in his carry-on Sabret's hot dogs and the Sabret's red onion stuff and like all of the all the things to make a true New York dog. And these guys like pickled their own jardinera, had the big old, you know, Nathan's Franks going and it was like a battle of the dogs before the game. It was beautiful. That is beautiful. That would be cool. And, and I would have I I meant to ask Christy Vanover when we had her on the last two segments cuz she lives in Vegas now. Are they tailgating at the new stadium, you know, because the Raiders are there? And I, I, I God, I wish I'd known. I, or I, we remembered to ask her that. So next time she's on the show, we'll ask her that. Since she's, Definitely. She's a big tailgater person. By the way, that's a great segment uh, with Christy. So a uh, quick shout out to one of our sponsors, Old Hickory Pit Smokers. You can check them out at oldhickorypits.com. They've got both commercial and residential smokers. And as always, please support your barbecue joints. Like if you're ever down in Prescott Valley, Arizona. Have you ever been to Prescott? You get everywhere. No, I don't think I have. Is that near Phoenix? Yes. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Very near. How far is it from Scottsdale? Uh, they're kind of, Scottsdale, I think, is kind of like west of Phoenix, and um, then just south is uh, Prescott Valley. Prescott. Prescott. Yeah, I've been I've been down to Phoenix and Scottsdale, but never down to Prescott Valley. Anyway, if you're down there, be sure to check out the Squealing Hog. I love these names. Uh, Eighty three sixty seven East Pecos Road. Um, by the way, they're not. <laughs> I just blew the pronunciation. Pecos. 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 Uh, people, I live in the Midwest. This is the best I can do. He doesn't get out. I that do not often. get out. I did not even leave the house Dave's Labor Day weekend. Pecos. Pecos Road. Uh, the Squealing Hog. And by the way, they're not open Mondays and Tuesdays. That part I read correctly. And when you're down there in uh, Prescott, Arizona, be sure to listen to us on news talk and sports 11:30 a.m. and 95.5 and 90.9 fm kqna and you can check out their so- website at kqna.com all right time now to turn our attention to my co-host annie groneman reserve grand champion at the american royal open and it's time for our all things barbecue spotlight all things barbecue has the tools and accessories you need to cook up the kind of barbecue that will have your neighbors hopping over the fence uh if i was you get an electric fence to get a taste <laughs> and uh, check them out their website great website by the way atbbq.com andy what do you got for our product spotlight this week? all right well you've been talking about tailgate season kicking mm-hmm. off and football but you know what else that is usually a telltale sign for and that is deer season is coming yep up. yep uh i believe in kansas october 8th is probably the start of deer season this year so we're right on the cusp and that had me thinking uh, as far as barbecue products go, uh, Lim, which is a company that does casings and seasonings okay. and all the gear you need to produce your jerky and your sausages and your deer sticks. And we were talking about meat on a stick earlier right. and it, it just popped into my head. You know, we need to talk about that. So Lim Products has a couple of things. If you're going to be out and you're going to get that massive buck and bring back all of that that meat and you're going to make your your deer jerky and your deer sticks 
you want to have the right equipment to do mm-hmm. it. So a good grinder, and they have a great 12-pound grinder that's a three-quarter horse uh, called the Lem Big Bite. I love that grinder. I've had <laughs> one for probably a decade. It has never failed me. Uh, and then you want to get a good stuffer for your sausages, for all of your various sausages. And you want to get a jerky cannon. Now, hear me out. Like a lot of times, you know, your jerky will be sliced meat that you then dehydrate, especially for deer. I actually like to do a, a single grind on it and then mix in my seasoning and load it okay. in a cannon and make jerky sticks, the little one inch wide right. sticks. So uh, for me, that's what I would say uh, is this week's product spotlight is pretty much anything from Lem because they do a great job with all of the production equipment for all of your jerky and sausage needs. You can go to ATBBQ and get the hog casings for your sausages. You can get a great cracked pepper jerky seasoning. You can get a great teriyaki jerky seasoning, a brat seasoning. I mean, they've got it all right there. Very cool. Yep. And check all that out at All Things Barbecue at atbbq.com. You mentioned the word jerk. And this week we want to take a couple of minutes and talk about jerk chicken, something I don't know a lot about, but kind of talk us through it, will you, Andy? Sure. So jerk chicken... um, in general, jerk has a great set of flavors that you probably, unless you are uh, a fan of Caribbean food, may not have even had together before. And it is such a great set of heat and acid and sweet and all of it together. So uh, to make a great uh, jerk marinade or, or jerk sauce, you're going to start with a few things that you have to have. So you need to have some scotch bonnet chilies. So if you want to think about chilies for a minute, they probably have just a touch more heat than a habanero. Mm. So they're, they're, you know, not as tame as a jalapeno, but they're not a ghost pepper or anything <laughs> right. either. So scotch bonnets have a ton of chili flavor, and then they've got that habanero level heat. You're going to want some type of a sweeter onion. I usually use like a Vidalia or something, and then I use some scallions in there. And then you're going to have a lot of flavors that come together nicely for uh, that Caribbean spice. So you're going to use some five spice. You're going to use some allspice. You're going to take fresh grated nutmeg, all of those things, and you're going to combine those with some salt, pepper, soy sauce, some vegetable oil, and then mix that in with ginger. And I usually use a, a whole piece of ginger, like a whole chunk of root. And I put all that into the food processor or the blender and just blend it until it's it's essentially smooth. Mm-hmm. And you can taste it and, and kind of get an idea if you need to add more garlic to it or, or you know, more onion to it, thyme, if you like a little bit of that in there. Um, but then you've got something that you can cook with. And as it cooks down and reduces, it creates this really nice, rich sauce on the meat. But it makes a phenomenal marinade as well. So I'll typically marinate... Uh, my chicken overnight and get a good marinade on it and then go to the grill spatchcocked and just back base that bird and let that jerk seasoning just really set up nicely on it. That sounds really good. By the way, I thought he said T-bone. I thought he said Old Spice. So your chicken's going to smell like your dad. Is that what did you there, say? You know, there was an Old Spice. Uh, <laughs> what was that guy's name that did the Old Spice commercials? Oh, I know who you're talking about. And he's Jamaican. Yes, yes. I know. I, don't, I can't about. remember now. Oh, but that's you mean what you from the thinking. old days? That, yes. that is actually uh, what's his name? Who plays Chandler on Friends? That's his dad in real life. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that is 
very bizarre. Hey, we got to get out of here. I mean, quickly. Aaron Stauffer is our guest next week. When, of course, have to thank Christy Vanover for being on the show. And uh, next week, we're going to talk more tailgating. So tune in next week for Barbecue Radio Network. For Andy and T-Bone and myself, thanks so much. And as always, happy barbecuing. Every Barbecue Radio Network show is archived and available through your favorite podcast platform each and every Thursday. 